And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt of PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Contraman Ali of TheConstraman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Sister Girl of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California, bringing us today's topic on emotions and magic, how emotions affect your root work. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali. Miss Cat? Hi. I'm asleep. I'm out of breath. <laughs> and I'm coughing. This is the best way to oh, no. a radio show, right? Late, out of breath, and coughing. Let me take a swig of my tea. Oh, my. Oh, gosh. Careful, it's hot. Mm-mm. Oh, my, it's hot. Good. Well, um, we've had quite an exciting week, and um, I guess some of you have been following us on two weeks, yeah. Some of you have been following it on Facebook. For those who are listening to this radio show in years to come and have no idea what I'm talking about, um, we got um, evacuated because of the Kincaid Fire in um, (coughs) Geyserville, California, and... um, the shop was evacuated. All of our staff was evacuated. They live all around the area. And we all took off for parts unknown. Nagashiva and I ended up in uh, Mill Valley, uh, which had no power and no gas. Well, they had gas. They had no power. We had no gas and no power, and we were evacuated. So even the places that to which people were being evacuated had no power, so they kept on evacuating farther and farther away. There was no room at the fairgrounds anymore or at the veterans' building. It was all filled up with evacuees. Luckily, they did contain the fire. Not a whole lot of damage, no fatalities. Uh, when I say damage, not a lot of damage to human beings and human structures. It was a uh, 75,000 acres of forest burned, and of course all those animals have no place to go. But uh, <coughs> I came back with a cough, as you can tell. So um, the shop has been running at about half speed. We are way behind on downloading orders. We are way behind mm. at Missionary <coughs> Independent Spiritual Church. Please have patience. Please bear with us. Um if you need to call and cancel an order, please do so. We won't be mad. We understand. We have been literally out of business for um, a week and a half, and um, and we it came at a very bad time because we had just also said goodbye to two longtime employees 
And we were in the process of doing job applications for new employees. And those mm-hmm. job those job interviews all were canceled. So we have no new employees, and um, we have a, a, a huge backup. And the people who were the most heroic, I really have to thank <clears throat> Eileen, Nicole, Yose came in today for a few hours and had to catch the bus and take the bus back. Um, Jenna is faithful on the job, and Summer is on the job. And Leslie came in. Everybody has tried to pitch in. It's been a, it's been quite the thing. It's been a real mess. Um, and I really want to send a special, special, special thank you to Tara Rising. And Tara is one of my students um, who is a graduate of my course, and she became a moderator at the Lucky Mojo Forum. And Tara lives quite a ways away from us, so quite a drive. And she volunteered to come up and um, and work for free on Saturday. And she drove hours to get to where we were. She worked and drove home. And I was so sick. I had wanted. I promised her I'd give her a fancy dinner after. I couldn't. I had to go back to lie down again. And I'm not really mended yet, as you can tell by my <clears throat> voice. But I'm functional. We had a, a, a rebroadcast during the midst of all this because we could not. Uh, even get to any kind of electricity to even, you know, run the show. So that was that. Um, so I guess it's it's pretty hysterical news. Now I want to take also take time to thank a number of people who really helped us out by um, keeping everybody connected. Um, uh, Deacon Millet, Papa Newt, um, and uh, Conjurman Ali, all, everybody kind of behind the scenes pitched in and, you know, conveyed messages. Um, I, I'm just very grateful for all the help. We were never really in danger, but they uh, it was a mandatory evacuation. They wanted to have all the roads mm. cleared so they could run emergency vehicles up and down, which that was, that was right. We had um, no looting in our area. Everybody watched out for their neighbors. Everything was fine. When we evacuated, we took our chickens with us and two cats, Mm -hmm. and I really felt like um, the Grapes of Wrath, Um, or maybe the Beverly Hillbillies. I'm not really sure. Um, (laughs) Anyway, we, or maybe it was the real McCoys. It was really odd. There we were barreling down the road with our chickens and our cats to an unknown destination somewhere in California. Um, So, you know, salute to... John Steinbeck and the Grapes of Wrath, <laughs> and Henry Fonda and all the rest of them, too, I guess. So um, we're back. Um, we are doing the best we can. As I said, we are hundreds of orders behind. Um, and, um, oh, yes, and as Shiva said in the chat room, and one of the cats was wounded. Special, special call out to my daughter, Althea Ironwood, a surgeon at Kaiser Permanente who dressed the wounded cat. Um, she said she had n- never done veterinary work before, but she oh, just wow. did it. Yeah, and uh, when when we finally got the cat to a vet, the vet said she did a very good job, which is great. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, it's just been so. And a big shout out to my son-in-law David, who kept us all fed, um, and um, and to the grandkids for being good-tempered. Max and Sam, you know, they were they let us use their 
their uh, battery packs to run our phone. <laughs> so it was an adventure, and I'm glad it's over, and I'm glad everybody has come down to land safely. And you know who your true friends are by how they care for you. And everybody who wished us well on Facebook, I want to thank you. We're all back to – oh, and Ernie. Ernie stayed even after the evacuation because he wanted to finish out his day. What a great guy. All right. Having said all that, I bet you can't top me, Ali, for exciting last week's, right? <laughs> Not in the least. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, we were definitely following along, uh, and I'm glad that you got everyone is safe. But what an insane, insane experience. And, like, the fire seasons in California are just, are just getting insane at this point in time. Because at the same time that there's fire in Northern California, there's also fire in Los Angeles. And it's like part of it is climate change. Part of it is like corporate malfeasance, you know, uh, the electric say, whoa, 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 Stop, stop. Let's not use the word corporate malfeasance. Let's use the proper term. Fuck PG&E. Yes. Oh, my God. Well, did you hear – And I, 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 when I saw this, I'm like, oh, my God. I got to tell kids that someone literally died because they turned off their uh, medicine yeah. supply or their oxygen supply. And I went, oh, my God. Oh, this is just one yeah. of those moments where you're absolutely right. Fuck PG&E. Yeah. Well, you got, you got um, Southern California at SoCal Ed, and they're oh, just yeah. as bad. But I'm just telling you – a PG&E started by blowing up the city of San Bruno a number of years ago. And yep. um, and everyone's like, oh, well, they blew up San Bruno. Oh, well. And then all of these fires. I mean, these motherfuckers. Um, they, yeah. they, and when this thing happened, the Kincaid fire, they had given us an, um, a mandatory power outage. All mm -hmm. the 110 and 220 current went dead. But they left the fucking high-power transmission lines on, and that's what sparked oh, the fire. What idiots. Course. What fucking idiots. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't even. It's just outrageous. Yeah. yeah. This, it's exactly companies like this that we light candles against. Right? When we say unjust, when we say cruel, when we say that's what we're talking about, the, shit like this. I mean – I mean, it's not just the, the people's lives are ruined, but whole swaths of nature just completely gone because of this. I mean, this is the stuff that really boils my blood through and through. So yeah. I was, there, was a, there was a part of me that was watching with anxiety going, oh, I hope everyone's okay. And another part of me going, those fuckers. Yeah. The city of up. San Jose, the city of San Jose has sued to take over their own utilities. Right. I mean, good for them, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, yeah. Miss Michael says in the chat that the whole state, that Governor Newsom has had it. I mean, this has been like years uh, yeah. of this shit, right? Yeah. And they are yeah. talking about just, you know, fucking collectivizing it. Like, fuck yeah. them. They, they're they incompetent. They're, they're shit. And I have to say something else. The guys who came out and shut the gas off and the guys who came back and turned the gas back on, totally nice working class guys, right? They... And I said, I'm not mad at you. And one guy turned to me with this look on his face, and he says, I'm glad because some people are mad at us. And I yeah. said, I get it. Yeah. I mean, people are, you know, they're taking it out on the nearest target. Don't blame yeah. the guy who's shutting your gas off. Blame 
blame the people up top who are co- collecting yes. giant salaries and not doing any uh, maintenance or upkeep. That tower that went bluey and started the Kincaid fire was 40 years old. It had been cited for having damaged equipment and never repaired mm. since April. Oh, geez. Okay? Oh, so geez. fuck PG&E. Fuck them. Now, by the way, this brings me to our topic for today, emotions <laughs> and magic. Now, that was an A-plus transition right there. That was an A-plus transition. <laughs> so our topic today is emotions and magic, and we welcome as our guest, Sister Girl. Hi, Sister Girl. Welcome, welcome. Hi. Thank you. How are, yeah, well, just so. How are you mm-hmm. doing? How are you doing down in Southern California? Well, uh, I'm about 20 miles, well, 15 minutes away from Simi Valley. Uh, I'm not near the fires exactly right now, um, and I'm not really in, I'm not even in California right now, uh, hmm. but I am okay. Um, okay, well, well that's uh, right. But, you're, you're transitioning to New Orleans, right? Yeah, but I'm, uh, yes and no. But right now I am in New Orleans, and then you're I'll You're bilocational. We call you yeah, bilocational. I'm going to be going back to LA, and uh, okay. but I've been checking on you know friends and family in LA and in in uh, the Bay Area, and uh, uh, but I'm fine. I I'm more having difficulty with this uh, new new moon in Scorpio uh, plus a Mercury retrograde. Like that's not really fun for me. <laughs> that has not been fun. All right, right. <laughs> Well, you know, let's let's talk about the topic of emotions and magic. Mm. I'm well known for being able to work up an angry head of steam. I'm a pretty mm. calm person. I'm one of them, you know, kind of old plow horses that you just put the harness on and I'll plow, right? <laughs> but, you know, when you when you get one of those horses spooked, they'll run for five miles before they even wake up and notice that they're running, right? So mm. I have I have been um, – it has been noted – that anger is my most powerful emotion, strangely. Mm. Uh, although I think of myself as a very kind, considerate, calm, sweet person most of the time. And I wonder, I, I have at times, the emotion of longing for love has spurred a great deal of my magic for myself. And um, longing for love became my original specialty, helping people find love. That was my, my real purpose as a magician when I was young. But I found over the years that my ability to experience and let flow through me righteous anger and to call upon the the beetling brows of a frowning god on down on people mm. is something that I really have a talent for. Now, mm-hmm. not every emotion is, you know, can I say for everybody? I, for instance, mm-hmm. have almost no emotions equated with greed. I don't even have emotions equated with self-preservation through earning enough money to have food, because I just go, oh well, I'll figure it out tomorrow. I'm very, um, what I can say, my emotional range is not as great as some people. I'll admit it. I've been called autistic. My emotional range is maybe stunted. Sex and death. That's it. I mean, that's my, my two things. Kill them or fuck them, right? That's it. Right? 
fucking them in the nice way. Actually, that word, does, as, as Shiva calls it, the word of the aeon, that word pretty much describes all of my emotional magic. Fuck them and fuck them. Okay? That's it. So I'm hoping, Sister Girl, that you can shed some light on emotions and magic that I don't have. Because what I really, and this is one reason I wanted you here, is my thing is, if I can build up a head of steam, I can do anything magically. But there are many things for which I can't build up a head of steam. People say to me, for instance, oh, I want to win the lottery. Can you help me? And I go, why don't you just, you know, play for fun and get a job? You know what I mean? I don't get the must-have-the-money thing. I never get that. So tell me how you handle it. Well, the reason I brought up this topic was I I think one of the reasons why you are such a great worker is because you are able to get that head of steam. Because I feel that in order to really be a good worker, you have to be able to put your emotion into it. It's not just knowing the the spells or the verses or the work to do or the psalms or the incantations, it, it, you, you give a part of yourself into the work. And that's, I think, what makes it effective. And I think the reason people go to a worker, because many people, when they contact you, they are full of emotion. However, they're not impartial. And when you go to a worker, most of the time they are impartial. And if you can be impartial but still give that strength of emotion or give put emotion focus focused emotion into whatever the project is that's how you can shift the energy and that's how you get things to move i mean i don't think anybody's really mastered the win the lottery work i don't think that I don't think many people can get oh, excited for that. I know a couple who have, actually. I, I'm, I'm going really? to check you on that one. I know a couple. I, I do. I do. And I'll tell you, they have a very light touch and a very carefree mm. touch. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I've seen people win $20,000. And no kidding. I mean, just like that. But they have a light touch. They're not coming out of a place of desperation. Uh, it's a play. Yeah. It's like playing. Like, pitch me a softball and see how far I hit it. Uh, it it's a different emotion than. Yeah, you know, so even, they've mastered you know, that. They they've got they something. Have that. I don't have it. They I don't have that. But I'm going to say something else about uh, clients because you brought that up. Clients come to us and they're feeling a lot of emotion often. And this is, of course, I'm not trying to put down any client who's ever felt this way because I myself have felt this way. But they're conflicted. I want him back. I want him dead. I don't care if I ever see him again. Our child needs him. I hate him. I love him. It was the best sex I ever had. Shit, he's cheating on me. You know, you just put all those in and then put them in a cauldron and stir them up, and then they say, I'm going to call a root worker, right? Hmm. They cannot often do their own spells, they undercut oh. their own spells because they're so emotionally wrapped up on it. The guy shows a bit of favor, and all of a sudden they think it's all cured, but it isn't. Um, and often um, the people who have the most confused and conflicted emotions most need a reader. And the reader's job mm-hmm. is to have an emotion, as you said, on behalf of the client, but not to be in the cauldron with the client. Right. Let's let's bring Ollie mm-hmm. in. What do you think about this? 
Yeah, I think emotions are here. This, first of all, this is a very important topic and one that I think people really struggle with. Emotions are very important. Nagashiva points out that in the chat room, he says, and there are hermetic magicians who maintain that lustful result is an important way to sully or the work or to curdle it. And you hear this a lot amongst people that, oh, emotions can sometimes ruin your magic. But this comes from a weird cerebral understanding of magic, whereas in much of practical magic, much of folk magic, emotions are a good thing. Emotions drive you. If you don't want something and you're lighting candles for it, well, then I don't know what you're doing. You know, like I'm not sure what's going on there. If you're not really calling out to God with all your heart, you're just kind of play acting. But what I do say is that there's kind of two categories of emotions that exist, and this is where clients and new people in root work really kind of fall, uh, or they kind of have difficulties with. The first is what I call emotions of power. And these are emotions that drive your work. This is the, des the desire for someone. This is the wrath of righteousness. These are the things that, like, you command with a whole heart for this thing to happen. Emotions of power are good things. They can drive your work. And your work can come from a variety of different places. Like cat, I, I can work up a wrath. There's things that get my blood boiling. And I can know how to call upon God so that he hears me in those moments, right? The moments of injustice and cruelty um, and, you know, moments of, of desire. There's even emotions of, of grief. You know, there's ways of, for example, grieving that can motivate magic. But then there are other categories of emotion, which we can call emotions of weakness or emotions of anxiety. And this is the stuff that really tears away at your magic. It's the doubt. It's the anxiety. It's the, I really, really, really want him because I can't have anything else. There's a very big difference in saying, I want this person versus I want this person because I can't be happy with anyone else and I don't deserve to be happy and I can't be with any There's two completely different modes of thought and energies at work there. One of them is good. And the other one is self-defeating and destructive. So what I always tell my clients and my students is that emotions are a powerful charge. You, you call upon what you truly feel. You let your heart pour into your words so that you're not just mechanically reproducing words, but actually really adding that power, that heart, that desire to it. But then there's an element of letting go. The emotion has to be sent out with the work. If you're sitting there and holding on to it in a state of anxiety, then you've entered that state of emotions of weakness. And that is detrimental to your work. That's where you start to really hurt your chances because you're doubting, you're fearing, you're, you're anxious, and you're kind of all over the place. And what this does is it sends energy everywhere. It sends your spirit everywhere. It doesn't have that sort of concentrated focus that really gets things good done. I've told people that the most powerful spellcasters I've ever seen in my life were little old ladies who knew how to stamp their foot and demand the world to do exactly what they wanted, what they said. That's it. There's no complexity there. They didn't summon up angels or demons or, you know, get thread from a virgin spun on, a, you know, the full moon. All they did is <laughs> they knew exactly how to say what they wanted with power, and the world responded to them. That's in a place of strength, and that's where I think the emotions can really help us. Yeah, I I, I like that, and I'm about to become one of those little old ladies who can stamp her feet. Um, you know, that's a that's a very good image. And you know, something you you know you've you've 
defined here, the two poles of this. Emotions yeah. of power um, and and feelings of um, demand, justification, setting mm-hmm. things right, um, strong desire, um, even a strong desire which may have a bit of coercion or illegitimacy at its core, oh, such yeah. as this person must be mine, whatever. Those are powerful emotions that have no um, self-undercutting. In the chat, um, someone here, um, I don't know how to pronounce the name, it looks like sign E-E-D-C, says, how does one cast out doubt? That right there is the point of it. I get a lot of um, messages through the Lucky Mojo forum. And if you go there, forum.luckymojo.com, you can read those messages where people say, I did this and this and this, and it worked, but I doubt my work. Well, you you can't just, um, you know, undercut your work that way. And doubt, there is no way to get rid of doubt. Uh, I would mm-hmm. say the best way to get rid of doubt in magic is to reframe what magic is. And that's a different question than emotions and magic. But I'm going to just quickly go there. When you are raised in a culture or community that Mm -hmm. uses magic and or prayer, there is no doubt because you were raised in it from the cradle. But if you suddenly, having been raised in an agnostic, atheistic, uh, sports team worshiping, a culture where all of a sudden you're asked to do something with the moon and you didn't even know the moon existed because all you knew about were the chargers and the rams, um, it's difficult for you to kind of reconstruct and rebuild your mind. And it takes a couple of years for most people. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't have a lot of um, good advice for them other than hang out in a community of people who do this. If you want to learn how to paint watercolors, go to a watercolor class. I can't tell you how to remove your doubt or fear that you can't paint with watercolors. Hang out with people who do, and they'll show you all the tips and tricks. So, Mm -hmm. But the emotion of anxiety, which is a little different than the emotion of doubt, is one of the greatest problems. And you see this. I I just had a lady call. I was down in the shop helping out. lady calls, blah, 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 my candles. I had them lit. It hasn't happened yet. I'm like, your candles are still on the altar burning because we had to put your candles out when we evacuated. We couldn't leave candles burning in the middle of a wildfire, right? That would be stupid. So we put your candles out. We relit them. They've all been relit. It's burning right now. It looks clear. It looks nice. I went out and checked on it. But it's not happening yet. Oh, no, no, no. You're being anxious. you got to relax a minute. Now, this is what Shiva was talking about in the chat about the hermetic idea that you have to have no lust for results. I think the word lust for results is unfortunate because lust is just, you know, desire, and that's not a bad thing. But the idea of checking it, checking it, checking it, calling the church, is my candle still going? Where is Bobby? I, you know, I need to talk to Bobby. You know, whatever. That's that's undercutting. So those kind of frivolous emotions that riffle the surface of the pool of your mind are not going to be good. You need to concentrate on the emotion that got you to the spell in the first place. I love him. I love him. And keep that emotion, not why isn't he calling, why isn't he calling. Yeah, Yeah, and I think that brings up a good point. I think the the, the point is to have emotion without ego, without the ego. I mean, ego is not a bad thing. I, I, you know, it's a good to have a strong ego in this world. But when you want to move 
spirit. You know, when you want to move as energy, you have to have the emotion without the ego. And it's and it's yeah. difficult to figure out how to how to get there. It's like I know that um, people have told me if someone say has tried to curse you or put some work against you. The thing is not to dwell on it, not to give it emotion because that will make it grow, you know. Yeah. And 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 so emotion does play a role there. It, it, what we need to do is regulate our emotion, and, it, and that that makes me think about all the old hoodoo, the old heads that I've I've read about, the the workers of the that even Hyatt wrote about, and even before then, they spend a lot of time in prayer and meditation. Mm-hmm. It, they spend a lot of time getting focused because you have to get to that point where you know where you can be not only impartial but you can regulate your emotions so you can ramp them up when you need to and bring them down when you need to and oh, mm. and, and and know what to be what's important and what's not important i mean i spend a lot of time when i do speak to people, i spend a lot of time just telling them to be patient now we wait well, let's just see, and and that is so difficult for people because yeah. you just have to let it go, and that's that. You have to have the emotion. I'm not saying don't want it anymore. Forget it. You have to have that emotion, but you can't have that that uh, attachment to it. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna quote something here that Papa Newt said. Um, it's about doubt and doubting your work. It's like trying to bake a cake and keep opening the oven door. Boy, that's true. That's a man who's been a good root worker mm-hmm. for a long time, and mm-hmm. he knows his clients well. <laughs> um, yeah, the cake will fall, you know, if you keep on opening the oven door. Um, mm-hmm. There, There is something also about reframing and refocusing that I find important. I'm just going to give an example. You mentioned just now, uh, Sister Girl, that there are, if if you think someone has done something against you, let's say someone's thrown against you, and even they boasted and bragged about it all over Facebook, right? And um, and they say, oh, I've, you know, I've cursed so and so, whatever. And then you know, six of your friends call you up, even though you got the guy blocked, and six of your friends call you. Did you know that he's cursed you? Um, there are ways to reframe that emotion because there's that kind of pit of the stomach kind of anxiety. Oh, he, you know, just even thinking about the person might harm you, or a gal if it's a woman. Um, there's a way of reframing this that I have used, and it's deadly cold, but it works really well. You have to spend a moment before this all happens imagining the death you want that person to die, the evil one, the one who's your foe, right? Imagine the death you want them to die. Maybe you want them to have a heart attack. Maybe you imagine that they're going to be shot in the back of the head during a drug deal gone wrong. Whatever, you see. And you work that up in your mind, and you have that. It's an image. You can call it up any time you want to. The next mm-hmm. time someone calls you and says, oh, do you know so-and-so is throwing? I got it taken care of. And you just run that little picture. Bam, they got shot mm-hmm. in the back of the head. Bam. Mm-hmm. And it's a way of deflecting. It's, a, it's an emotional shield against mm-hmm. emotions that are going to tangle your feet. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. um, it's it's like a it's like a mantra, I guess. Now you could do the same thing for love. Let's say you imagine when you first met that man, and the most amazing thing about him was, oh my gosh, the length of his chest hairs or whatever it might have been. I'm not going to say what it was, but it was something 
maybe his slender waist. And you just think about that. Mm-hmm. Ah, and the time I put my hand on his slender waist, just remember that. And next time, when you're thinking about him and thinking about, oh, I love him, you have that image. Put yourself right there. Mm-hmm. The time I put my hand on his slender waist and felt those long hairs on his body. Interesting, you know? And you just go back. Then you can always go back to the emotion because the vision is the emotion. The emotion is encoded. We're very visual mm-hmm. animals. And the emotion is encoded in that vision and also tactilely. And you can imagine that feel on your hand and you're imagining it and you're right there. And the emotion then is one of whatever it was at the time. Good, good emotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's really powerful. And, I guess well hold on. In the chat room in the chat room somebody wrote or hit by a truck. I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that one too. I'm just thankful that most people don't have the concentration to be able to do those <laughs> those things because that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what makes me a good root worker is that I have mm-hmm. these little tricks, and I'm trying to convey them to people. Because people say, how do you go from zero to 60? You, you know, all of a sudden somebody needs something done, and what do I do? Do I, do I meditate? Do I call on Buddha or God? I often go to the Psalms, because the Psalms contain a tremendous range of emotions yes. of all types. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I have my go-to Psalms. But I also have just, I have my old rhythm and blues songs. I have my old yeah. string band music. There, are, mm-hmm. you'd be amazed at how many of these things are cued with me musically. But I know that's not yeah. universal. But I will go there, and it just comes pouring into me. It's like a, these are these are ways to tap into emotions, and then mm-hmm. use those emotions in your spell work. Yeah, or use the emotion that you feel at that moment. Some of the things that people don't realize is that when you're feeling something organically, that is very powerful. In fact, there are people in this world who have never lit a candle or set a spell, but who can direct their emotions to cause harm. And I've seen Mm -hmm. it happen. People who don't even know a, a thing about magic, but who are just so angry that they allow that anger to just burst out of them. I saw someone do this, and they just spat. They were very angry, and they they spat at that person. And let me tell you, within a week, that person fell ill. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. person fell actually physically ill. And that was a very clear example of the way in which emotion can be projected. So if you're in that state, use that state. You know, if you're in that moment of desire or that moment of anger, use it. You know, get light that candle or say that prayer. If you're nowhere near an altar, say that prayer. Right? Call out to God in that moment. That's a way of using the emotion and then knowing that you can channel that power when you have it at your fingertips. And then you can also work to build some form of discipline so that you can develop that energy at call. So that you can do it when you're in front of your altar. You can do it when you're ready to do it. But you can also use it organically. When you're in that moment, don't be like, all right, I'm going to get you. But in a week when the moon has changed paces, right? (laughs) Just do it right then and there. Say that prayer. Say that curse. Say that what you want. Speak your emotion into being at that very moment. Yeah, I'm going to recommend a I'm going to recommend a book called The Secrets of the Crystal Silence League. Ah, yeah. Um, that book, it, it looks like it's just sort of an antique little retro book. you got to open it up and read it. Um, that book contains many of the instructions that informed my life 
Deacon Millett and I spent quite a lot of time um, going through the writings of Claude Alexander Conlon. He had written several books. We put two of them together, plus some bits from other books. And that book, Secrets of the Crystal Silence League, is a program in mental concentration. Now, he used a crystal ball. And Sister Girl mentioned meditation. I was trained by people who told me to focus on the flame of a candle. And mm. uh, but but and when I I found strangely crystal balls on my own as a child. I've mentioned this before. I just put a, a a little marble that I was playing marbles with up against my eye, and I went, "Oh my God!" And there was this whole world in there, and I thought, "Oh my God, I might never come out of this world." I had to actually take the marble away from my eye, right? Because I I fell into this reality. So I'm very susceptible to crystal balls. Some people are not. I'm holding a crystal ball in my hand as I say this, and I'm putting my eye up against it and going, oh, I hope I can coherently speak after this. <laughs> um, but a flame, a candle flame, is very good, one-pointed. There are uh, religious and um, physical um, traditions of breath control, of um, mm. other forms of um, visualization, visualizing um, kundalini up your chakras, um, using crystals, not just crystal balls, but crystal points of stones, using um, any kind of a thing that you can hold in your hand that you can concentrate on. These will help you. And I really, um, again, I know crystals are the silence, crystal, secrets of the crystal silence. People look at it and they go, oh, it looks like something very old. It's really, really up to date. It's really right on because the way we are built as animals has not changed since that book was written. And he talks about like total control over your fingers. I mean, he, you know, is like control your fingers, control your hands, control, you know. And it's like it sounds so simple when you start doing the mm-hmm. exercises. He says it's not, it's not easy. And then he talks about controlling your emotions. So, um, yes. And Doctor Sweet said a small. A natural coarse crystal the size of a marble with rainbows works very well. Yes, mm-hmm. these are the fractured quartz that have those little rainbow fractures in them. They're amazing, and they will allow you to kind of spin free of where you are mm-hmm. and then focus. Now, you can also use them as a literal focus to send a message to someone, and yeah. you can use them to... Um, build your own power. I consider them kind of like weightlifting using crystals. It's like, you know, it's like you're building up your strength. You're lifting these weights, these heavy rocks. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you've got all this power. It's pretty amazing. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you have I, to get yourself into a state, into that other world in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, okay. well I'm a firm believer that Poetry is the language of the soul. I really do believe that. Or it's it's the mm. it's an, the iter, it's the it's the it's the manifestation of soul in in language form. So you know you're talking about how you love songs. Well, those are poems. Um, the 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 songs are poems. It's poetry. There's there the you know the Upanishads. There's there's just poetry is mm-hmm. spirit in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so, but, and in some people, I mean, I'm not terribly visual, and but some people who can scry, who can uh, crystal gaze, who can, you know, focus on flame, that is a way to kind of suspend yourself and sort of just become mm-hmm. and, and, and deal with spirit that way. Yeah. Well, one of the things that's interesting is that in the crystal, uh, the secrets of the crystal silence, like in the, the, a lot of the work that comes out of 
um, that as well as Atkinson and Sir, they refer to kind of they refer to thoughts and emotions in two ways as projecting, right? Actually, in multiple ways, but projecting and then receiving. And I think this is very important in terms of understanding how emotions work as well, because you can do both. You can project the emotions, right? That is to drive, and you can also receive emotions, and that's a more empathetic, that's a more psychic approach. Um, and the question therefore becomes. How do you kind of navigate that? So I always tell clients that you can feel emotions and you should feel emotions, but you shouldn't let your emotions control you. That is, you shouldn't allow those emotions to override everything else. This is a, a particularly important for people who are starting out with this work and trying to figure out things like doubt and anxiety. You are going to experience doubt and anxiety. That's going to happen. It's okay. If you're a newbie to this. It's going to happen. The question is, are you going to allow that to take complete control? Are you going to allow that to override everything else? And that's when it becomes a problem. Don't. I don't want people. I want. I don't want people to fall into the trap of. Oh, I, I feel anxious. That means my spell has failed, right? Mm-hmm. Don't go to that extreme either where it becomes this weird, like, self-perpetuating cycle. I can't be anxious, otherwise that will ruin my spell. Oh, I've been anxious, and now I've ruined my spell. Like, that's not how mm-hmm. this works, right? You've put a lot of power behind it. You've asked God to intervene here. Your little amounts of doubt are going to have such a great impact. The question is what you allow to rule yourself. What state are you in? And this goes back to my example of of emotions of power and emotions of weakness. Are you in a state of power? You can have a little bit of doubt. You can have a little bit of anxiety. But on the whole, you know what you have asked for is happening or has been heard or is manifesting. Or are you in a state of weakness in which your emotions are all over the place and you can't even see the possibility of success. It's created a cloud. It created a fog. And that's when you're in trouble. When you're unable to see through that, then you've allowed the emotions to kind of overwhelm you. And that's where you need to kind of uh, step back, cleanse, clear, give yourself some clarity, and then try again. Yeah. Well, and just to offer some kind of compassion is I feel that we are living in a very abusive society, a very abusive time, a very abusive world culture right now. I mean, we abuse each other for every reason, from ethnicity to gender to religion to, you know, opinions, you know, very abusive. So I think people are really kind of on 10 all the time, and they're misusing their emotions because they are being misused. So we sort of have to find a way to kind of get clear of all that as well. Yeah. You know, I, well, we, people who are longtime listeners have noticed we've, we've blown past our um, bumper music in our first client. I just got to do a little time check here. Um, we only have one calling client today, and so we're, we're just going to keep on with this topic. And I'm just going to do a little bit of shout-outs here to Miss Athena, Luminaria Star, Tony I, Miss Michael, Dr. Sweets, Hoodoo for You, um, Angela L, Covet Gift Two, and um, Signe EDC, uh, Madame Bijou, and so forth in the chat room. And oh, uh, Tina Frisora, thank you all for being with us, and um, we we really appreciate it. Um, Ah, now it may be Signe D.C. Well, the lady whose name I can't, if it's a lady, it's the person whose name I can't pronounce. <laughs> but anyway, thanks, you all, for being in the chat, and um, and we're going to uh, keep up with this topic. And we will take one client today, and that will be right around the 4 o'clock mark.
Okay, let's carry on. Uh, well, oh, one thing I just want to say about emotion with reconciliation work, the one thing I've noticed is one, maybe one of the reasons that most people don't do it except dear Deacon Miller and maybe a couple of other people is that once you get the reconciliation, you must be different. You must control your emotions or else you will blow it up. Oh, yeah. This is this is the problem of getting what you wished for and not being really sure that that's what you really wanted. And yeah. um, that is a, a, a big issue. We've talked about this before on the show, and it's a well-known thing that a lot of root workers can tell these kind of war stories and horror stories about a client who they got the guy back or the gal back. Usually it's a guy. They got the guy back, and then the lady calls him a week later, and she says, well, I, I kicked him out again, and now I want him back again. Can you do the same mm-hmm. spell over? Yeah. And you just yeah. go, what the heck? You just wasted all this money and, and, and got, it, got the guy back, but your temper, your emotions were not under control. So this goes back to focus on the part of the worker and focus on the part of the client on the emotions. If a client comes to me and they cannot tell me what emotion they're feeling about the lost lover, I cannot work for them because I don't know they're going to swing hot and cold back and forth. They're going to tell me, I miss him. He's the love of my life. We've been together 22 years. I must have him back. He ran off with his chippy, and and he doesn't love her, and he calls me every day and says he wishes he would back home, and he can't come home because she's got him hoodooed, and I need you to undo that and bring him home. All right, I believe her. I do it. He comes back home. She's like, I got him home. You've done everything you said, Miss Cat. It's so wonderful. Um, Three days later, he's gone again. Why? Well, I threw a a saucepan at his head. Why did you throw a saucepan at his head? Well, I just was was thinking about that chippy, and I just got so mad I threw the saucepan. I know I was wrong, Miss Cat. Bring him back again. Uh Uh-uh. No. Um, And the the problem is that um, once you commit yourself to a, a project, you're committed, and your root worker is committed. But you need to yeah. know that you're going to hold the course. And if you are in a conflicted point of view, don't waste your money on root work. You can do some yeah. prayer at home, and not, and it won't cost you nothing. And there's a prayer for good mm-hmm. and a prayer for bad and a prayer for health and a prayer for safety and a prayer for helpless mm-hmm. victimage. Whatever prayer you want, say them in your own private bedroom. But don't involve a root worker if you don't know what you want because you just yeah. want to get what you want and then yep. what are you going to do with it when you get it, right? There, there, this is a, there's two parts to this that I think is very important and that is, first, if you're doing work for yourself or you're doing with a root worker, there are two states of emotion. There's the state that you start the work in, right? That's where you the emotion you put into what you want, <clears throat> the desire, the anger, the lust, whatever it is. But then there's the emotional state you have when you achieve the thing that you want. That also is part of it. If you are not in the right emotional state for receiving, right? this is called the receiving portion of the magic, mm-hmm. which is, should be a state of gratitude. And that's, this is why we say there's magic and gratitude. There is. Mm-hmm. There's real power and magic and gratitude. If you're not in that state of gratitude, then you, you're going to ruin stuff. 
This happens with jobs. This happens with uh, love. This happens with reconciliation. This even happens with when you're trying to curse someone. The state you're in afterwards can mess things up. And that's mm-hmm. generally the, uh, what happens. And this is why we say reconciliation work. But the reality, it happens every, in all sorts of work. Reconciliation is the one that it's most pronounced in. The person comes back, and you don't know to how, to, how to act right. You act mm-hmm. like what's a fool, and you just end up ruining it. Rather than being in a That's state so of true. gratitude, a, a state of, ah, I have achieved it. God has answered my prayers. We now have an opportunity to fix things. We have an opportunity to start fresh, and all, all of a sudden you've kind of ruined it. And this is important both when you're doing the work, but also when you're working with a, with a root worker. If you put your, hand, your trust into the hands of a root worker, and then you spend the next several days doubting and questioning, and, well, he called me and I hung up on him, but I don't know if it's still – well, he called – hold on a minute. Like, all of a sudden you become the cloud <laughs> of emotion, a sort of hurricane, if you will, of emotion that you brought into the work. So it is important to recognize that both how you start the work and how you end the work matter. Recognizing where you start and where you end and the emotions that kind of are at play there are central to any form of real success and lasting success. Is your work going to last or is it going to be a flash in the pan? That's up to you. Yeah. You know, um, this um, idea of being receptive um, mm-hmm. One of the people that I learned about this was the writings of P.B. Randolph. Pascal I was just about Randolph. to say it, yep. Yeah, African-American author, and he broke magic into three forms, three states. Yep. Volantia, which is to will something, the calm yep. exercise of the will. Decretism, which is when you decree it must be so. And he particularly used what he called the nuptive moment, which was the moment of orgasm to make his decree. Yeah. So he was a sex magician. Oh. And then posism, which is a very funny word, but posism is sinking into a mental and physical pose of receptivity. And so mm-hmm. he actually describes this sort of relaxing, letting your head fall forward and your hands down. That's posism. And, mm-hmm. um, and he felt that um, you are doing this in three stages. Now, some of them were, and he describes some magical spells in which the decree comes first, and then the will, and then the Mm posism, and some in which the will comes first, and then the decree. It depends on how much stress you're under, or what kind of a situation you're in, or what you need. Mm -hmm. But but posism always comes third. You don't start with gratitude and receptivity. Mm -hmm. You start with the exercise of the will or the exercise of the decree. Now, there are people who do start with gratitude first. Yes. And I call this the deacon's prayer or the wake-up yes. call to God, right? Yes. So the Excellent. deacon's Excellent. prayer, if you've ever been in a Baptist church, the deacons always have this prayer. It's like a song that only deacons do. <laughs> and it has many, many oh. verses, and it's always different. Mm-hmm. There's no one way to do the deacon's prayer. But it starts with a list of the good things that God has done. So it starts with poses or gratitude or reception. Mm-hmm. Lord, you didn't have to wake me up this morning, but yes. you did. Lord, you didn't have to direct my steps to church today, but you did. Lord, you didn't have to set these smiling faces before me, but you did. Lord, I thank you for all mm-hmm. you've done. That starts with yes. gratitude. Then he says, now, Lord, I come before you with, and he states the problems, right? Mm-hmm. And then he asks God to help. And then usually 
reminds God at the end how great God is and why he can do this. Um, Lord, mm-hmm. I know that you're a, a midnight rider. Lord, I know that you're a comfort to those in the hospital and so forth and so on. Lord, I know I can call on Dr. Jesus. And that is mm-hmm. the affirmation at the end. So that deacon's prayer, it doesn't always follow the same pattern, but that deacon's prayer is a more prayerful way as opposed to a um, personally magical way. Um, It's Mm -hmm. getting a strong ally, and God is the ally. And um, I, um, I, yes, and Miss Michael says, reminds me of the Dianu prayer of Judaism. Oh, yeah, Dianu, Dianu, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, this type of emotion where you want God to be your ally or Jesus to be your ally or, you know, maybe some saint or maybe some dead grandfather to be your ally, first you have to wake them up to get them to be your ally. So there's another stage involved in that. You wake them up and remind them who you are and how you relate. And, you Mm -hmm. know, haven't I always been a true and faithful servant, Lord? Now I ask upon you to, you know, strike this maleficent motherfucker dead with true justice as soon as possible, right? Or whatever it is you're asking. You know, I ask, I ask that we all have health and that we that we be protected in our neighborhoods or whatever it is you're asking, and then you express the gratitude. So uh, there are uh, prayerful emotions are a separate mm-hmm. kind than the strictly animal emotions, the emotions of mm-hmm. fight or flight. And I mm-hmm. and I do recommend that people. Think about communication with the world of spirit, no matter how conceived. Um, as Mikhail Strabo says, prayer is good for people of all faiths, but mm-hmm. it it does assume that one would have faith in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. And well, and that's where, and I I'm of the belief that if we are in the image of and likeness of God, which is what many faiths say. Um, how we are, I think, is that we can feel our feelings and emotions and that emotional state. Without those emotions, we create our reality. And in that, we are the creator of our own personal world. And that is how we are God. Mm-hmm. And so we, it will, it helps us to be mindful of how we're using our tools. You can, you can, you can create negativity for me by cursing me or you can create positivity for me by blessing me or I can do the same. Hopefully mm-hmm. we'll be blessing each other but you know sometimes we don't. But And that's, that's really the crux of it. That's how we create. That's how we are you know that's how we are divine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you know there is something also Papa Newt said he says um, I call that buttering up the spirit and he's he's a funny trickster in saying that. I do use it a bit before asking Saint Expediti for help, reminding mm. him all the good and people he has helped, and therefore he'll help that he'll help out. So um, this is I, I love that term buttering up the spirit. Um, but I've I've heard that in church so many times. People will all of a sudden burst out with I serve a mighty God, right? Mm-hmm. And God goes, Yeah, I knew I was pretty good. He, you know, he said, okay, okay, I got it. You know? um, I serve a mighty God. And you'll hear him sometimes say it three times. I serve a mighty God. 
who can move mm-hmm. mountains. And, and and then they go into what they need. So um, that's a funny way to call it, Papa New, but you've got a sense of humor. Um, it's a good way but, of, of pointing out that you're affecting spirit in one way, right? That you're saying, look at all the good that you have done. There's also a way of reminding yourself, look at all the things God has accomplished. Of course mm-hmm. the thing you're going to ask, he's going to give you. So this is another way that if, if, you know, going back to the question really early on about, like, how do you deal with anxiety? There's no one way, but this is one approach. You start by reminding both God and yourself of all the good things that he's done for you or spirit or your ancestor, whoever you're praying to. This is a way of kind of almost working yourself up to that place of power and confidence. Look at what you have done. You have helped me in this and you've helped me in that and you've woken me up and you've done all this. By the time you've reached the end of the prayer, like, all right, yeah. Yeah, he's totally yeah, going to answer yeah. this and, prayer and, for me. And, and can I just say, on the other hand, if your mother was a Holocaust survivor and mm. has no confidence in the world, you can learn the opposite, which is it's not yeah. as bad as the Nazis knocking on your door. Oh, that was that. Yeah. that no, no. That, I mean, she was sincere. That was my mother's yeah. way of building my confidence, and it's kind of. It's, you know, reverse. But there are many people mm-hmm. who were taught that as a child. Well, you, at least you're not starving. At least you're not homeless. At least you're not dead. My mother always said it's better than the jackbooted thugs, the Nazis knocking on your door. Okay, got that. Oh, yeah. um, thank you so much. Well, the, so the, some of us were raised some of us were raised to trust and believe, and some of us yeah. were raised to simply take a what I call a, a skin check. Am I bleeding? No, I'm not bleeding. It must be okay. Mm. There's, a, there's a funny, there's a, actually a funny Arab proverb that, that's along those lines that says, in terms of virtue, always look to the more virtuous person that you may strive to be better. In terms of possessions, always look to those who have less than you so that you may check yourself. So there's a moment of like, all right, just check yourself a little bit. It could yeah. be worse. It could be worse, right? Exactly. Well, I I learned that when I would talk that way to my friends who were not raised that way, they were not satisfied with that. Right. I mean, you know, that was not enough for them. They they came from a place where they expected to have a boyfriend, be married, have children, go to college, have a job. And I'm like, hey, you know, at least we're not hiding in an attic with the Nazis, right, <laughs> at the door. right? Yeah. So, um you know, you can set the bar wherever you can. It took me a long time, and it took me people like Pascal Beverly Randolph, who came from um, yeah. a family of slavery, an illegitimate mm-hmm. um, a child of a slave woman who um, the master set free, when, which was a terrible thing to do to her because now she had no job and no food, and she ended up dying after having had Pascal Beverly Randolph, and he ended up a street child. But in any case... Uh, he had confidence, and he built his confidence, and I, I saw that it was possible to do it. And also, Claude Alexander Conlon taught me you can build confidence no matter where you start from. From a point of fear, you can build confidence, and you can grow in yourself. All right, there's our music. Yeah. We're going to take a client. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. 
and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our, our caller for the evening. And our caller is calling in from area code 508 in Massachusetts. This is Lauren. Lauren, are you there? I am here. Hi, welcome to the show. Uh, just a quick question. Um, ha- have you gone to any other readers and root workers on this particular situation? I have not. All right. And Lauren writes, uh, I am trying to work a reconciliation spell, and I can't read for myself. I want uh, clarity on the success or failure of what's been done so far and some advice for future activity to reconcile with my ex. Turn back to you, Ms. Kat. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, do the first reading, and then we're going to be followed by Sister Girl and then Conjurer and Ollie. And I hear Sister Girl shuffling her cards. Could you uh, <laughs> shuffle away from the microphone? I know that sound because I make it myself. <laughs> All right. So, Lauren, uh, I'm going to ask a few questions about this relationship. First of all, what is your sign of the zodiac? I'm an Aquarius. Aquarius. And what is the partner's sign of the zodiac? He's a Taurus. He's a Taurus. Well, you got a good chance there because Tauruses are loath to change. On the other hand, once they change, they're loath to change back. They're the most stubborn sign. All right. How long were you together? Uh, 13 years. 13 years. Do you have any children? Mm. No. No children. Does he have any children? No. No children. All right. Do you have any pets? No. No, and he has no pets. So it's just the nuclear two of you. All right. Yep. All right. Now, I'm going to ask one more question. You said I'm trying to work a reconciliation spell, but you don't describe it. What kind of spell? Just briefly, is it a candle spell or touching contact spell? I've no no contact ones. Um, I've done a few. I've been working on moving candle spell, a honey jar, a picture box. Um, I did a skull candle at one point. Mm. So, so you've done quite a few and, spells here. Yeah. And, in like the and, last and, and may I ask another question? How long has he been gone? Uh, two months. Two months. Oh, that's not so bad. Out of thirteen years. All right. I think I. I think I see the picture. Um, and um, and uh, it sounds to me like you've been, you know, doing what you know how to do. Now I'm going to tell you one thing about reconciliation spells before I read your cards. The most effective are those that use personal concerns of the person. Um, a, a honey jar, reconciliation or return to me honey jar is really to sweeten their mind and sweeten their speech when you contact. It's not going to make them, you know, get in the car and drive to your door. It it's to sweeten, right? Um a I skull know. candle yeah. a skull candle on the other hand is to get them to get in the car and drive to your door because that's to affect their mind and their actions. A doll baby might make them, you mm-hmm. know, if you made a little doll and rubbed it on your pussy, that would make them want sex with you. You know. So all of these different forms does not mean that one form doesn't work. Many people in a situation like hers will try all of these at the same time. And the one thing that will hold the array of spells together is a daily candle ritual. 
a daily candle ritual that you do every day. And I'm not talking necessarily about a big vigil light, which you set and forget. I'm talking about a little tea light or a little stubby or maybe a little four-inch candle that you light and spend at least 15 minutes in prayer with that candle every day, especially if it's at the time when the two of you would have gone to bed together or something you know that would have been when he would have come home, you want to set some time. Now, having said that, and I think you know what you're doing, but I just want to make sure for people listening to the show who don't know what it means to do a lot of different spells, I think you're doing a good job. Now let's look and see what we got. All right. Well, unfortunately, the first card I have is called the card of the fourth refusal or the four of cups. And this shows a kind of a raggedy-ass man dressed in kind of torn old farmer's clothes sitting under a tree and there are three golden cups in front of him and he's got his arms uh, folded over his chest like "Uh uh-uh and he's got his legs crisscrossed and he's sitting there with his back against a tree looking very grumpy and out of the sky there's a cloud and out of the cloud comes a hand and the hand is holding a golden cup and it's an angel offering him a fourth chance cup represents the female the cup represents love it would be the suit of hearts or the four of hearts and this guy has refused three offers and there comes the fourth one now the reason i mention this card and call it the fourth refusal and say that four is an important number here is in most folklore from all parts of the world three is the magic number you ask something three times three wishes you know what i tell you three times is true but this card says you're working with a person so stubborn you should at least try four times that doesn't mean he's going to say yes but it does mean if you get four refusals However, you judge those refusals. In other words, if you set a deadline, he must call me by Saturday and don't call, that's one refusal. Or if he calls and says he's going to come over but doesn't, that's another refusal. Or if he says he's really through and I'm absolutely not going to be part of his life anymore, he's done, 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 that's the third refusal. You know, each refusal, but you get four, you, you get an extra refusal. But you have to accept them. After four refusals, you can't go on because you run out of choices. You could um, end up dressed in black following along behind him, uh, like the story of Adele H., just, you know, as your clothes decay and rot off of you. And Well, go see the movie, The Story of Adele H. You don't want to go there. And the reason I mention this to you is that as an Aquarius dealing with the Taurus, you're both fixed signs. So neither of you is inclined to stop the momentum that gets a fixed sign going is very hard to stop. I'm a Taurus myself. It's very hard for me to stop my momentum. And same with him. If he if he has any desire to come back, the probable lure will be uh, sexuality, charm, love, and food, comfort, cuddling, all of those things that Tauruses love so well. But if he doesn't, well, there you go. The next card I have is the Magician. Well, this is a very good card. This shows that you are doing your magical work and you're doing it well. You should have good confidence in it. The Magician is drawing upon the roses above him, which means passion or sex magic, and is creating a garden of roses and lilies before him. He has all four elements of the... um, uh, tarot cards, earth, air, fire, and water, the four ancient Greek elements, um, represented as a wand, um, a coin, a cup, 
and a sword. So you should use all types of spells. A talisman, which would be the the earth or coin, it could be a mojo, could be a doll, something physical, a root, anything physical. The cup, which would stand for bathing, it could also stand for oil. And the wand, which represents fire, candle magic, and the sword, which is related to air or the tongue, as it says in the Bible, tongue is mightier than the sword, um, or the tongue is sharp like a sword. So the use of air, and that could be incense as well as prayer. So um, use everything you've got. Now, I'm going to I usually just read three cards, but I'm going to ask a question before I cut and make my third cut here for the cards. Did you and he have a good sex life? No. That's the problem. That's what this card, this magical card tells me. There 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 is something um the guy has roses. Have you, again, I don't want to be too personal, but was it a failure on his part to to enjoy sex? Or were you not interested? What was the problem? It's like we had a lack of communication about it. It's, it seemed like we were both afraid of being rejected, so we mm. often never brought it up. And so I got depressed because we weren't, and he was being stubborn, and it's just, I'm not sure. It was always this elephant in the room. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Because this card of the fourth refusal followed by the magician it says to me sex magic would be the one thing that would be helpful but if you've always had a problem with him that is going to continue to be a problem and that may be the real reason here if if in use of terms that livestock uh uh, breeders say if you don't nick it means make a good mating if you don't nick well, you just don't nick, and and that's possibly what here what we're seeing here. All right, I'm going to go to the third card. Third card tells me that I'm not sure that you're going to be able to win him back, and it's a sad card. It's a card of regret, and it's called the Five of Cups, and it shows a man standing crying over three spilled cups. Across a river, there is a ruined castle um, that's just fallen. The stones are falling apart off of it. There's a stream of water. This river goes under a bridge. And water under the bridge means time is passing, time is passing. Behind him are two uh, cups that are uh, perfectly fine, not spilled over. I think both he and you regret something. Some, you know, harsh words may have been spoken. There's some sense of grief and loss here. But there may be an inability to actually reconstruct this. I'm not saying that your magic is no good. I'm saying this may have broken too far to be mended um, in any way. Now, I'm going to give you some advice. We're going to get you more advice later, trust me. But I'm going to give you a little piece of advice for starters. I want you to consider putting a timeline on your work. All right, I'm going to turn this over to Sister Girl, and we're going to see her reading. Okay, hi. Um, so I wanted, the first card out was the Ten of Coins reversed. Um, so, uh, and then uh, that's directly above the Ten of Wands. So it seems like, I want to say this, this um, relationship just sort of, 
failed under the pressure. There was a lot of pressure that uh, just kind of broke the relationship. Are you aware of fidelity? Um, I know that towards the end he had a coworker at a job he had started at that he okay. had a crush on, but he says right, that well, she's not interested, so... All right, well, you know, this. I, then I get the Wheel of Fortune, which remains, which still remains, so this situation still remains unclear, but I do actually believe that if you continue, what will be the turning point, what could bring him around to you is you need to carry a personal charm. Uh, I, I would see that as either a mojo bag or, like Ms. Pat said, a talisman. Uh, because there's a lot going on here. There's some unhealthy emotional patterns, but there it, there is love there. There's depression. Uh, there's you you do need with the eight of swords here. You do need to look at the big picture, be positive, think, look on the bright side, have a bird's eye view of the situation. Do not feel that there's no hope for yourself. Um, even with or without this relationship, you must you must maintain that because it can seem as if there's no you might feel as if there's no hope for for it or that you won't have a better relationship but but that's not the case um there the battle of wills here there was a lot of fighting i guess towards the end right that kind of got out of control yeah with the five of wands right but but to answer your question about the reconciliation work I see your work here with the magician, just as Miss Cat did see it, and I do think that if 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 it's going to work, and I think there is something good that can come, it will be from you either purchasing a, a mojo or a talisman and carrying it with you and working it. That's what I would suggest to you. There's hope, but this is a very complicated relationship. There's a lot of I mean, I have the devil here. There's a lot of unhealthy emotional patterns which are concerning. But I'm not. I'm not. I don't have a judgment on that. All I can say is I would suggest you get a mojo or a or a charm. Okay. All right. Well, you know, this is this is. Um, uh, this girl reads a lot more cards than I do, and I have a real um, a quick question. Uh, what kind of a layout do you use, Sister Girl? Is this a Celtic cross? Yes, it is. Yes, I've got, I, the way you were saying it, I was going, ah, it's the Celtic Cross. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's turn this mm-hmm. over to um, uh, Contraman Ali, and he's going to give the root work advice. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to give advice here, and as a Taurus man, as Taurus straight man, I can talk uh, a little bit about this. A Taurus and Aquarius make really good friends, but the one thing that I always find in their relationship is the sex life can be troubling. And that's just the Saturnian influence of, of Aquarius clashing with the Venusian component of Taurus. So that, that too, that, that can be a problem. That doesn't mean you can't have a loving and wonderful relationship, but there's an opening up that's required. Almost similar to the opening up we sometimes see with Virgos. There's a kind of like a moment where you kind of, there's something needs to happen to kind of break the ice, if you will. Now, here's the thing. You've been doing some reconciliation work, but i got to say you're hitting him all wrong. Um, the honey jar, that's good. The skull candle, that's good. But you need more than that. Tauruses are notoriously hard to work on. All the fixed signs are Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius, almost 
very difficult to work with. I always throw in Capricorn just because they're stubborn. So I always say the fixed signs mm-hmm. but Capricorn. They're just hard to work on. What you need to do is work on his sex and his stomach. That's the two ways to get mm-hmm. this guy back. So what I want you to do is get a skull candle, <laughs> set this up in your in front of your bed, okay? And you're going to work this while he's sleeping. So you're going to influence his dreams. You're going to inscribe it with his full name, his date of birth. You're going to baptize and name it in his name. And then you're going to circle it with return to me powder, some sugar, and catnip. You're going to put a nice little circle around it, a ring. So wherever he turns, that's the power that is enveloping him. Then you're going to set up a small little incense dish. It could be a small little ceramic dish, or, uh, one of those that they use for incense, or a sensor, a thurible of some sort. You're going to put some charcoal in there, light the charcoal, and sprinkle rose petals, bohog, violet leaves, uh, and you're going to let that incense light and kind of smoke up. You can add a couple drops of Return to Me oil to that mixture. Uh, let it kind of smoke upward. You can also get yourself Return to Me incense. Mix it in with the rose petals, bohog, violet leaves. Let that smoke kind of rise. And then you go to your bed and you're going to pleasure yourself. You're going to do this so that he's looking at you. The skull is looking at you through that smoke that is influencing him and seeing you. You are going to focus and imagine the best sex that you two have ever had. It can be something that happened in the past, but a memory. Bring it up from your memory reel. You're going to take the sexual fluids from that moment and anoint and massage the candle with it. Seal this with return to me and love me oil. So once you've sealed it with these sexual fluids, you've anointed it, whisper into his ear, remind him of that event, remember how I nibbled on your ear, whatever, right? Uh, And then you're going to take the oil and you're going to seal that. You're going to set this up and you're going to burn the candle for seven days from that day. Each night, you're going to speak to him through that smoke, reminding him of how much he loves you and misses you and all the time you've spent together. On the last night, I want you to take a little bit of the leftover wax, a pinch of the incense ash, and a pinch of the powders, and put it into a locket with some softened beeswax with your hair, and if you can get it, with his hair. This is the talisman that you will carry on you. The rest of the wax I want you to bury in your front yard. The ash and the powders you are going to mix with dirt and place it where he walks through it. He is an earth sign. Contact is going to be very important. Put that powder down where he will walk through it. This will draw him back to you. Once he returns, that's when you need to make a really good home-cooked meal and feed him some of your sexual fluid. So you're looking at a three-pronged attack. Sex work through the candle magic, uh, talisman to keep it with you wherever you go, contact work through the powders that you lay out, and then food magic to keep him with you once he returns, feeding him your sexual fluids. That's what I would recommend. And I sense that it will take time, but you can start to affect a change in this way by working at the kind of soft spots of the Taurus. Jesus, Ali, you're such a fucking <laughs> Taurus. I mean, you know, any favorite recipes we should be feeding you? What do you like? <laughs> I mean, Ali just laid himself bare there. That, folks, that is, that is Contraman Ali. You just heard it. What a beautiful... The key, the key to a Taurus's heart. <laughs> yeah, right. 
I love it. Well, thank you so much. And I hope, Lauren, that you get some good set a timeline. I told you there's got to be an end to this, whatever that end date is. Okay, next comes our network schedule announcement. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all time specific, Add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Sister Girl of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California. Take it away, Sister Girl. All right, so for this week, I would like to give you guys a spell with a photograph. Um, you're going to print out the photograph of your person, your target. Um, this is usually a kind of a love work. And I'd say the head, the fa- head and face is best. And you're going to pay- tape it to your wall or have it in a special place. And take a needle and you're going to, every morning, you're going to pierce the head of the person nine times. And you're going to, while you're piercing the head with the needle, you're going to tell it what you want, like, so-and-so call me, so-and-so come to me, so-and-so be with me, whatever you want. And then you'll leave it. And you don't have to turn this one upside down. You just leave it there. And each morning you do that. You'll find that in nine days, the the person will, you'll be on their mind and you can contact them and they'll probably contact you back because you will have been on their mind. Uh, the re- it's a simple one. Uh, there's a lot you can do with a photograph. You can turn the photograph upside down and burn red candles, you know, in front of it. You can put it with a name paper under a glass of water. But this is just really simple just to get you to focus your emotion and to focus your mind and to make that spiritual contact. Wow. Okay. This is a really good old spell, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vouch for it. I have used it myself. I can tell you a variation of it that I have used. Everyone's got their own little way. Um, I had a a reluctant lover, and, you know, believe it, even though I was a Taurus and I was the best thing he'd ever known, I was still dealing with a man who was a little bit reluctant. So I used a bride and groom candle, and um, I, instead of a skull candle, and I pierced his side of the bride and groom candle with needles. And I pulled them out, though. I didn't leave them in. I didn't stick all needles in it. I'd stick one, I had one needle, and I'd pierce it and pierce it and pierce it. And I did all the different little parts of his body. And um, he would call. I mean, I could get that man to call. So, uh, you know, lucky for me, it didn't work out. I got a better guy now. But, you know, it, that kind of, you, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants and all they say. But I love that spell, piercing a photo with a needle there are people who also say you can keep that photo uh, if the person has been with you in the past put that photo where their pillow where they used to lay and um, mm. the, the photo of their head 
right? And just tuck up the covers around it and, you know, pierce it, stick it into the pillow, you know, like you're just, right? Come back, come mm-hmm. back to your bed, you know. That's another way to do it. Um, I, I just, I love these real direct old-fashioned spells. They're the ones that, Same. yeah, they're the ones that really, um, you know, get us going where we need to be. There are um, a couple of other ones. I'm sure, Ollie, you know some variations of this spell, too. Oh, yeah, I love this particular type of working, both with a photograph and with pins. Uh, they both work quite well. The old kind of trick of uh, sticking a needle into a candle is an old way of getting someone uh, to, mm-hmm. to call you. You you call out that person's name, prick the flame of the candle, and then stick the needle into the candle uh, and let the candle burn down is a good way. I was just going to mention that you said uh, take the picture and place it where their pillow is. When that person returns, just stick it on that side between the mattress and the box string so that they can leave physically, but they will always come back to that bed and to their spot on the bed. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's a good one. And if you don't have any personal concerns, this is something you can use. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to say something about personal concerns because a photo is, in a way, a trace of the person. It's their personal concern in a certain way. I'm going to tell all you people listening, if you're in a relationship, why don't you have personal concerns? If you Mm. even go out uh, on a date, I'm sure you can find a stray hair. I'm just saying that... One of the saddest things we, as root workers, hear is, yeah, we were together for 15 years, and I don't even have a hair of his head. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you say, well, now you come too late because you should have built that link ahead of time. You you build the link and, and firm it up ahead of time so that if the person yeah. uh, strays, you can draw them back. So. Uh, all of you who don't have personal concerns of the one you love, ask yourself, why? What does it mean about the relationship? Because I know, and Sister Girl, I know you know, there have been people come mm. to you, there have been people come to me, they don't even have a photo, right? Oh, yeah. and then they, oh a photo? Ooh. No, yeah, they don't even have a photo. Well, he blocked me on Facebook and Instagram, mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. I never got a photo, and blah blah, and you know they don't even have a photo. So, um, I, well, and I said, well, you know, it's dead. It's a dead issue if you don't even have a you, photo now in these it, digital times. Yeah, if you haven't taken a photo together as a couple, that also is a sign. That's also a bit of a warning. So this is why pictures definitely can be personal concerns and a kind of PSA to everyone. If you're in a partnership or relationship right now, get yourself some personal concerns. <laughs> right. And um, and Signe um, uh, DC, or however that name is pronounced, uh, says, a good note, astrologers, if you have his birth data and know how to cast a chart, print a photo out at the same time as their ascendant rises. Really good idea. And I've done yeah. another kind of work where you take their chart, and usually the chart can be drawn with the lines across in the middle showing all the aspects. Put their photo at the center. They're at the center of that mm-hmm. little world. That's them. And um, mm-hmm. you can also look then for transits. And now we're getting a little, off, you know, uh, you know, just a simple pin in a paper. But get the, find out. Go 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 look at at Alabe or any of those free sites, and find out. You know, when is Venus aspecting their moon or whatever it may be? When is the moon aspecting their Venus? And um, and do work when they are at their most vulnerable to love. 
to love. That's what you're trying to do. Not vengeance, mind you, now love. And um, But while you're at it, get your chart and their chart done and see if you were ever going to be a for real couple anyway. Or if something's missing, what is it? And, um, you know, if that person has you blocked, maybe it's just time to accept it, that you got blocked. That I mean, I, I don't understand that, uh, the kind of people who block somebody and then take them back and block them again and take them back. That's not stable enough for me. Of course, I'm a Taurus. I only mm. want the people who are, you know, there for, you know, bed and sex and dinner and all those good things, coffee in the morning. That's what's, you know, the Taurus way. Um, but, you know, if if you like the personal drama of coming and going, uh, pins will wake them up. It really will. Pin in the yeah. head will wake them up. Very old And spell. just taking a, a couple of minutes just to focus that energy on them and let it go, that works. Yeah, and focus on them. That's right. That's right. And if you get tired of it, burn the photo up in your candle and say the hell with it. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to bring on Papa Newton. He's going to give us our outro, and then we're all going to come back and say goodbye. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali, and thank you, Sister Girl of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers will be Angela Marie Horner of AngelaMarieHorner.com in Santa Rosa, California, bringing us, bringing us the topic on graveyard walking. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and Condraman Ali at thecondraman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt, joining you from PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Doug Van Plain, the Doug Van Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Papa Newt. And um, now I want to make a, a little special announcement. Angela Marie is uh, was scheduled for last week, and she had to go evacuate. So this is going to be a makeup for the uh, show topic we didn't have last week, in case any of you are totally confused by now. But uh, we'll have her back. All right. Um, please bear with us at the shop as we dig our way out from... Uh, the delays caused by the evacuations and the power outage and the gas outage and the everything outage. We're doing the best we can. Uh, if you're a volunteer and want to come volunteer at the shop, we are taking volunteers, and I will take you out to a fancy dinner, I promise. Um, also, we still have some uh, job applications open. Please apply for a job at Lucky Mojo if you want to. All right, everybody. Good night. Good night, all. Good night. Good night. Good night.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.